You've tuned into localjobnetwork.com radio, and you're listening to the LJN Radio Quad, where our radio hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment-related. I'm Azure Mahara, and joining me in the quad today is Jacqueline Peterson. Hello. Trey Cochran. Hey, everyone. And Lynn Molitor. Greetings. Well, I'm going to kick it off today and start talking about mistakes. So we are all human. We, we hopefully we're all human um, and we all make mistakes. Um, but the, the topic that I kind of wanted to get into about mistakes is if you should own up to them, if you should fess up, fess up to your mistakes and the good that can come of that. Um, I personally feel like if you don't fess up to your mistakes and take ownership of it, then you're always on the defense. And if you're being defensive of it, you're not focusing on the solution, which can show your manager a lack of of trust or responsibility. What do you think, Lynn? Actually, I thought this was an interesting topic. And they always say it's all in the cover-up, so to speak. (laughs) Um, I'm a big advocate of just fessing up to your mistakes. Um, You know, even if it's as something... Something as small as, you know, maybe you had something on your to-do list and it just keeps getting pushed and pushed. Um, I always was full disclosure with my manager. And I actually, you know, you know, of course, I always had a reason for it being low on the list, which isn't always good to have the reason. (laughs) But my manager always gave me um, props for being honest about it. You know, and she knew that it was like, okay... I always know that you've got it on your list, you got it on your radar. You're, I never try to cover up anything. And I think that I think that just served me well, and I think it served the organization well. Again, sometimes it was like, okay, now you have to get it done by the end of the week. You know, it's like, okay, that's fair. Right. So instead of prolonging it and then waiting for somebody else to find it, just fess up. <laughs> right, yeah, because I never wanted my boss to ask me, so... I asked you to do this a month ago, and what you know? What's up with it? So, yeah, and I definitely think that it's the kind of mistake it is. Is it caught by you first, or does someone else catch it first? It might be something that you did. You didn't even know the mistake was made. It's brought to your attention. Oh. Then you ask the question, "Well, how do you react to that?" And, you know, at that point, you really want to work on fixing the mistake and then working towards the future. Let's let's try not to make the mistake this same mistake in the future. So you're going to have two different situations. If you catch it first, obviously you want to take care of it right away. Bring it to the necessary you know, party's attention saying this is was done wrong in case maybe someone else is working off that same piece of information that you had made a mistake on just so everyone's kind of in the loop. Then everyone will appreciate that in case they need to make any changes to their work. But then on the flip side, if it's a mistake that is brought to your attention before you even catch it, uh, you got to obviously take that in stride and build on fixing the mistake, and then let's figure out how we can avoid it in the future. That's kind of my take on how you want to roll with those punches as they come um, in regards to making mistakes in the workplace. Yeah, I would agree with Trey. Um, It actually makes me think of a situation where a lot of times we work, obviously, on teams, and Mm -hmm. there's delegation between separate parts. And sometimes when you're working on a team, one person has a part that's due before another person. And the second person... Um, has to work off of that first person's work. And I remember working on a project where the first person was all excited. They got it done. It was like done. And and when I saw them post it, I was kind of thinking like, well, that was done pretty fast and sort of like taken aback by how soon the work was completed. Um, And then a couple weeks later, I went in to finally do my part. 
because it was it was coming up to its deadline. And then come to find out the next day after I had done my part, that person went in and edited their original content. Oh, boy. Like oh. two weeks later after it had been posted and on oh. the land, and I was thinking, really? Like, you know, you could have either given me a heads up that you were going to go back and make edits because now I just wasted my right. day working on my part, and then I had to go back. And so I, I let the person know. I said, hey, you know, by the way, it would have been helpful. You'll get my part, but now, because I have other stuff going on, you're not going to get it in the timeline that you wanted it. No ownership. Nothing. She was just like, oh. oh, okay. And I was thinking, do you realize, like, how much time you wasted? So I think that you really have to, as Trey and Lynn said, you really do have to own up to it and be apologetic, especially if you're if it impacts somebody else. Yeah, I think that'll play well, too, in the long run as you're developing, you know, working relationships with your team and coworkers. It's like you're yeah. all in this together, but you don't want to, like, dump on one person either. I agree with that. It, it shows that you're a team player, that, okay, I'm taking responsibility, that this wasn't done correctly, or I made a mistake on this. Let me fix it. This is how it's going to happen. I mean, I would rather have a coworker in, for example, in your situation, say that to me um, and so that I could go in and do my part rather than waste time and then right. go back and then find it myself. And, and Yeah, then, and there was like no alert that the co- content had been changed. Nothing. I just it, happened to like go back in and just make sure, okay, I'm done. I can cross this off my list. And then I was like, whoa. There's oh. edits done. And then I started reading through it and I was like, whoa, this is totally different. And do you feel like you don't trust that coworker oh, as absolutely. much now? And their work when it comes uh-huh. so And I think that comes back to the whole basis of communication and the lines of communication in the workplace. Like if they would have just told you, Hey, Jacqueline, I'm gonna make these edits and that that's just your basic form of communication in the workplace. You gotta have those flowing at all times so everyone's on the same page especially when you're working on stuff with other people mm-hmm. and they're basing their work off of what you're doing and you're basing your work off of what they're doing so a lot of these mistakes probably can even be avoided in the first place if you just keep those communication lines wide open and everyone's on the same page all the time yeah and and it was almost like because when she had finished it i was thinking like my subconscious was thinking wow that was done really quickly and it did, it, you know, my little alarm went off, but I didn't think twice about it. But I was like, okay, whatever. Mine's not due for a couple more weeks. So I'll just keep it, you know, on my priority list as, as Lynn had brought up earlier. <laughs> so, but it was almost like she had done it. I felt, and you know, I'm just being candid here, is like she wanted just to get it off the list and be like, oh, I'm done. Okay, on to the next thing. And it was like, you may, and it may, you may have tried to impress people in the group and like, wow, she got that done. But it really ended up backfiring because it not only affected me, it affected other people who had other parts to write. Mm-hmm. So it's like you should figure out how you're being perceived. You may want to look like, oh, I'm getting it done and I'm on top of things and I'm moving on to the next thing. I'm such a team player. But really, it, it, it definitely backfired. Yeah. And. You know, if, if Jacqueline, to what you were saying, if you were able to to focus on the solution and fixing it and, and going ahead as a team, then you can move on past it instead of now looking back and, and thinking, I just don't trust that person. I don't know if I have to work on a team project. But speaking of moving on, Jacqueline, what are we going to be talking about? Yeah, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about interviews. Um, we've all been on both sides of the interview at, at some in some way, shape, or form. Either we've obviously been a job seeker interviewing for our position, or we've done interviews. And I just sort of want to get your thoughts on anything that you've learned from an interview. Maybe you've conducted an interview and you were like, wow, that's 
maybe something that they should have tightened up on or been on the opposite end where you were an interviewee and thinking like, geez, hindsight 2020, I should have done this or I probably could have done that or I got really lucky. I think one of the big ones for me is knowing the company that you're interviewing for. It's amazing how little some job seekers will prepare prior to coming into an interview and actually getting familiar with the website, knowing what's on it, um, knowing our products and services, because the employer is definitely going to ask you, you know, what interests you about this company? Have you had a look at this? Have you had a look at that? And if that information's on the website for all you listeners out there, job seekers specifically, you better know it. Because the uh, employer is going to ask you about mm-hmm. it. And if you don't know it, I guarantee you, you're pretty much out of the out of the running. So, you know, I sort of wanted to pass that little nugget along because it doesn't take much just to go on the website, 15 minutes, take a look at all the pages, but it can really take you far in an interview. Um, and that's just coming from someone who's actually done interviews. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on anything that you learned, either as a job seeker interviewing or interviewing people? Jacqueline, I agree with you. Um, I think that the company is taking a lot of time looking through the resumes, finding the right candidate, bring phone interviews, and then going over with the team, okay, I think this is a good fit, and then bringing you in for the for the interview. So they're doing their research on you. So you should do research on the company in return. It's just, it shows a little bit of respect there too. One, it's engaging too. It's, if you're saying you're, you know, we can all practice our answers. Right. We're, we're told, oh, practice with family, practice with friends. And these are questions you're definitely going to get. So know the answers to them. But there's only, that can only get you so far. We want to know, are you engaged in the organization, in the position? Why do you want to work here? And if you can't speak intelligently about the products and services or anything else that's there on the website that anyone can access, I don't know. You know, that's interesting because, you know, my I date back to um, interviewing for jobs prior to a website. So we were always mentored to come prepared with a list of questions to ask the people at the company so we could demonstrate interest in the company. So, you know, I could, my uh, opportunities for um, to get to know the different companies were limited. But, you know, I always had a list of questions. And I had those list of questions on a piece of paper, you know, a notepad. And it is interesting now when I'm on the other side of the table interviewing, the number of people that will come in without any paper or pen, you know, and they're just sitting there. So it's like my first thought is, wow, they're not even going to ask me any questions <laughs> about a, about the company. And then uh, Jacqueline and I have had the opportunity to actually interview as a as a team. And she always knows that's one of my, my biggest pet peeves is when I'll ask, um, you know, so tell us what do you think about the website or, you know, what do you think about, you know, depending on what the person's interviewing for. And when they look at at us with that blank look and say, oh, I haven't really checked it out. And it's like... (laughs) (laughs) Does your jaw hit the floor? It's kind of like, why do you want this job? (laughs) How do you know you even want to work here? (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. And then it's always interesting because um, Jacqueline will, if the person um, moves on in the interview, Jacqueline actually will give them an assignment. Well, you know, if you don't have a piece of paper and pen... And, you know, someone's like, well, here's here's the next steps, you know, to write it down. And right. if the person doesn't come prepared, you know, just that little bit, it's like, you know, would you go to a meeting without a piece of paper and a pen? Probably not. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And what I've always done going into interviews in the past is 
a company, depending on how large they are, will typically always have some type of mission statement on their site, on an About Us tab or whatnot. It's the first place I usually go. Because if I can say something about their mission statement to their HR manager, that's obviously something that's been instilled in their employees. So if you can reiterate that in an interview and bring those things up, that's going to all of a sudden strike them as... Well, you're relating. Exactly. And, and that's just, it's something that sticks out, but... You don't want to just stop there. Like Jacqueline said, you want to become familiar with their services and maybe other aspects of their business that isn't focused right in their mission statement. I remember one time I went in for an uh, interview for an internship in college, and at first it started as a one-on-one interview, and then slowly they brought in one extra person (laughs) every time, and they each asked me the same question, but I did enough research on the company that I was able to answer a different thing I liked about the company or had a different question for each person so that the other three sitting there at the end didn't all hear the same question be answered. <laughs> oh, and they smart. said they said wow. that really stood out as being prepared. I was the only interviewee to have come in and asked different questions each time. So I just don't think you can ever be overprepared. Do your research. Mm-hmm. Look look um, what the company's all about. Like Jacqueline said, it's on the internet for you to see. If they don't have a presence on the internet, I'm probably not even going to interview with them because I'm kind of <laughs> sketched out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. In this day and age, if you don't have a presence on the internet, I probably won't be coming in for your interview anyway. So it's going to be out there. The information is out there. You know, do your due diligence and, and do that research. Yeah, and and it sort of transcends that even the website's such an easy place. I mean, they give you all the answers right on their website, but also Google or Bing their company name and see what they're doing in the community. See what pops up and other things that they're doing. Um, you know, Trey impress them by knowing their mission and their values and whatnot. Impress them by saying, yeah, you know, I read it that you were in the newspaper the other day for doing a charity at XYZ, anything like that, go go above and beyond the website. Right. I mean, I'm telling you from an employer's perspective, you're on the right track. And even with um, like Facebook and all the different social medias out there, I mean, visit their Facebook page. You'll get an idea of the culture and things like that. Um, I do think that we should point out that if you're doing research on the company and you have questions, don't ask in your interview. So I read on your benefits page. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, Andrew. <laughs> so I heard that you guys get this holiday off and this. What about this? Uh, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> no, you bring up a good point because Lynn and I actually had this conversation um, previously when when we, we were doing a team interview, one of the candidates was asking about that. And I immediately cut her off. I said, you know, that's something that we'll, we'll go to when we, uh, when we make an offer. And I, I got to admit, I was a little offended. And so you agree <laughs> with me. But Lynn's like, well, Jacqueline, she's like, they train to ask about benefits and stuff like that. I'm like, I know, but it's the timing is just not mm-hmm. there. And, and it's a preferencing. I mean, for me, it was like the timing's not there. That'll come when we do an offer. For Lynn, she was okay with it. Um, but Azure, it sounds like you're with me. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like in the initial interview, you have your phone interview. It's kind of like the the pre-screening. And then your first sit-down interview, I feel like, is you selling yourself to that company. This is what I can do for you, not what can the company do for me. Maybe in the follow-up, okay, we're going to make an offer. Then you can be like, okay, just to make sure I'm making the right decision. Now I have some questions. But I, I guess I just feel like in that first Face to face, so you just you just sell yourself. <laughs> I, I'm in agreement. Trey, what do you think? I don't know. We're split right here. Well, I might as well just take Lynn's side. Then we can go two versus two. And we have an even. But uh, if if I were to ask, if I were to be in the middle of an interview and uh, the interviewee were to like you, I think it is all about the timing. 
if it's at the end of the interview or at the end of the second face-to-face interview where you know you're being brought in for an offer or it's at that point where they want an answer on whether you do accept a position or whatnot, then those questions are encouraged. They're expected. And that I agree. If you show up Mm -hmm. for your first face-to-face interview and maybe the only communication you've had before then wasn't even a phone interview, maybe it was just email back and forth and they're bringing you in for a series of interviews and there might be multiple people interviewing for the same position and your first question when you sit down at the table is, all right, so how much how much will I be making at this position in, uh, <laughs> how in a many couple days months do I here? Get is this salary, is this commission? <laughs> if, that's, if, if you jump out and ask those before, they can even ask you what your name is again. I mean, <laughs> the, it's a timing thing. It's going to come up at some point, especially um, since individuals are being trained to ask those questions, they know what you're getting into, know what those are, so you can weigh those options versus maybe other opportunities that are being presented to you as a job seeker at that point. Definitely understand, but you got to be you got to be aware of the timing in the situation, definitely. That's just because, Jacqueline, you know I'm old school. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't date yourself, Lynn. <laughs> I know. i got to get current. <laughs> I give people the benefit, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> At least she asked me a question. <laughs> there you go. That's right. She did it. Although she didn't have a piece of paper to write the answer on. I was going to say it was her... Her pen and pad, the only thing on her pad, they're just a big dollar sign. <laughs> yeah. So How many vacations? Sorry, vacation days. Picture of a Sunday. Well, Lynn, I hear you have a story for us today. So I wanted to talk about the importance of customer, unsolicited customer feedback. So um, the other week, I went to return an item that I had bought um, via the internet. So... Um, so it came to my house. It was packaged in plastic wrap, but it didn't fit. They were sweatpants or something. Um, I put my hand in the pocket, and there was a dirty Kleenex in the pocket, and I was what? totally grossed, oh. totally grossed out. But I thought, this company I buy a lot of my clothes from. In fact, I'm now wearing four pieces of their clothing right <laughs> as we speak. I won't say their name, but I think I know who it is. <laughs> so, I'm, you know, the company is important to me. <laughs> So I went to a storefront to return the item. Did and you bring the Kleenex? <laughs> I did. <laughs> because I know customer service is important at the local job network. I just wanted them to know. It's like, you know, I found this Kleenex. And, you know, I'm thinking you probably want to tell people that, you know, check the pockets. So I gave it to her, and she's like, uh, and I said, oh, the Kleenex is still there, you know, to prove my point. And she's like, oh, well, we'll throw this out. She goes, you'd be surprised at what we find in the pockets of clothes. And I'm like, well, it was a, you know, it was a catalog item. And she goes, well, just the other day we found a $20 bill in the pocket of some pants. And she goes, I bet you if you had found the $20 in the in the pocket, you wouldn't be bringing the $20 back now, would she you? She did not. Oh. Yes. And, you know, and I was being nice. I was totally being nice. But then as I'm walking out the store, I'm like, she totally dissed me. <laughs> and, you know, my intentions were all about... You probably want to tell the people who are packaging the clothes just to do a double check on on the pockets because that could totally turn a, a brand new customer off if they found a Kleenex. Well, I'm in confused. A pair of pants. Are people wearing these clothes before they're packaging them? Right <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> that's what, all I'm thinking about right now. Are the people <laughs> making these clothes just the try them on before they throw them in the packaging? Because I don't know why stuff should even end up in the pockets. Like, how does that happen? But right. uh, did she, I mean, when you brought it back to her and you showed her the Kleenex and whatnot, 
did she, and she said that comment to you about well if there was a twenty dollars I'm guessing you would bring back did she mean it and did she have like that sense of snippiness kind of saying was she very no, she 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 said it like she meant it. Oh, so it wasn't like a yeah. joke, like ha ha. Right. I'm trying to make light of the situation, being sorry for what happened. Let's try to put the focus somewhere else. It was very okay. All right, yeah, I can. Right. I would be a little upset too. I think then. Well, I was just, you know, I just thought, you know, what's the importance of unsolicited feedback? You know, I mean, I, here I, mean, I was trying to help them out actually, right. and then in the process of it, you know, she kind of. <laughs> she smacked you in the yeah. face for it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that it depends on your your investment in whatever it is. I think, obviously, for you, you're a big supporter of that organization. So you were saying, hey, by the way, kind of behind the scenes, you know, just so you know, FYI. And I think that I think that it's fine. She, she probably should have appreciated the fact that you cared enough to even bring it to her attention. It's like um, I didn't, like, go on you know, some blog or something. Right, you didn't, maybe you should now. <laughs> <laughs> Great, a bad review. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that a lot of times, especially, um, and, I, and I've and i done some, some work in customer service and things like that, and I think we probably all have throughout our lives, but, you know, you have somebody that really values the input, and then you have that person, like you had to deal with, and it just gives a bad reputation for anybody that works in any kind of customer service or you know any kind of yeah. sales or anything like that, um, where people just don't want to deal with it, and they you know they'd rather just throw away the Kleenex and bring it in. But I guarantee you, the head of that organization, if they knew, right. You know, so well, yeah, I guarantee a, you, the CEO wouldn't want to hear that story because mm-hmm. that's probably not how they would have handled it. Right. I guess, so you know, it's just it's it's values. It shows whether or not that person really cares what they're doing, and I mean, yeah. customer service is everything. Yeah. You know, and I, to, you know, and to be fair, when someone does give me good customer service, I do like to. You know, I'll call it out and say, you know, thank you. I really appreciate that, you know, you took the time to help me or, you know, yeah. whatever. Or if you're at a restaurant, I always make a point if I have a, you know, because people always complain. So this person was awful. Like, they yeah. were, for example, if it was like a waitress or a server. Um, this server was was just not good. Like, my drink was empty the whole time. I, I you know, I my food was served to me cold. So you always get those complaints, but if somebody does a really good job, you want to also say, okay, I had an amazing server, so I just wanted to let you know I sat over at that table. Um, So I do that. I'm very very good about doing that for people. So when I get bad customer service, I'm I'm pretty irritated (laughs) as well. I think it's a a valuable thing to to get. Well, we'll keep keep the unsolicited feedback going. We won't let Keep this one story. Keep it going. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Good and bad. <laughs> so, Trey, what are we going to talk about now? Yeah, I want to talk about a topic that's relevant right now with the holiday season coming up and employees in the workplace and just in their general lives. What are some ways that help you kind of relieve your stress during the holiday season, balancing work life and your social and family life? I was reading a recent article that was saying how some employers are offering um, certain perks to their employees during the season, especially companies that are high um, in sales and they have a lot of sales reps that are very busy at the end of the season. And they offer things like 
doing their laundry service for them in in the month of December so they don't so they can spend more time at work putting in those extra hours and they appreciate that they might not be able to run those errands after work or allowing them to have their Christmas gifts and packages for families delivered right to the office so they don't have to worry about running to the post office or whatnot or being there to sign for stuff at home during the day um, all the way to working remotely from home every once in a while so they can get some stuff done around the house while they're working. There's a bunch of different examples, but I was just wondering if anyone here had certain things that they like to do during this time of the season to kind of keep everything under wraps and relieve that stress while things get pretty hectic. I, I want to clarify, Trey. <laughs> uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> Let's hear this. Um some people do work from home, but I think I think it takes a it takes a different type of person to work from home, and it's actually, at least in my experience, has been you actually get less of a break because you're like, and Lynn, I don't know if you can attest to this. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, let's not even talk about this topic. Yeah, it's like you're working so much, you're you're so engaged. So I don't for those people who do work at home, I don't I don't want our listeners to think that they're getting stuff done around the oh, house because. <laughs> yes, sorry, I was referring to. Your typical, <laughs> the workers that are in the office normally Monday through Fridays, the rest okay. of the year would get a random day. It would almost be like a day off, but still to be able to function remotely so if not needed. Exactly. And, yeah. They're not you know, cut down on some of that time um, because things get hectic. Definitely understand that the people that work from home a lot of times are on the clock 24-7 because okay. they are accessible <laughs> all the time. And, and they have to answer because the employers know that they are available. So, yes, definitely not downplaying <laughs> the at-home workers. Thank you for clarifying, Jacqueline. Um, no, but I think that I think our organization does a nice job. I mean, we have I flexibility agree. with having uh, – we can get our packages sent here, which makes it – really easy at least in my opinion because I mean I have a long commute and I will actually get my stuff sent to the office rather than having it sit on my front porch all day and I don't sometimes get home until 6 30 so it's like I don't want it sitting out there if it's been out there since no, noon I've had a package stolen yeah <laughs> right off yeah. of my front from porch. the office no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that brings up Jacqueline. a whole other topic <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> yeah going back to the trust no <laughs> um, I think I think a lot of it is just about I think I put a lot of it on the employee um, it's planning I mean I know that at the beginning of the year okay it's going to be stressful I know that I ha will have a lot of I'll have you know and I know we all do but speaking um, personally that I have a lot of deadlines that have to be met and it's a lot going into it and by you know the end of December I'm like I need a break so I know that I want to take you know either the beginning of the year or you know a couple extra days around the holidays that I'm going to take that time that I'm going to take that time off and and have it for myself and my family um and I think just knowing that it like is like okay like keep it keep the train going <laughs> so you have you have just and it gives you something to look forward to um now if you work in a job that you can't take that time and the first thing that probably would come to my head is you know somebody that works in um retail or yeah. like a UPS or you right. know some kind of postal service um it, they might not have the luxury of being able because that might be the time they can't take any time off. But you just, like I said, you just have to plan. And as long as you're doing that and, you, you know, you maybe if the, the company is giving you the opportunity, your manager sitting you down in a meeting and be like, okay, how are you going to get everything done? Let's work on a tactical plan. Um, so maybe in that aspect, that's where the company can stick in. I think, too, um, companies will um, 
try and, or, you know, companies or coworkers or managers or teams, they'll try and instill a little bit of holiday fun into mm-hmm. the work, uh, into the workplace, and I know we've tried that here uh, to varying degrees. Because sometimes people are like so busy, it's you know you forget to participate, or you have all good intentions, and you're off site for the day. You know, I think too um, to try and get get through the holiday season, um, it all comes down to prioritizing, reprioritizing. I'm like constantly do that. You know, on December 1st, I have a lot of good thoughts and ideas on what I want to do, you know, in the next 25 days. And then, you know, on day three, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to get to make (laughs) all those cookies. And then on day 15, I'm like, maybe someone will bake me some cookies. As a <laughs> Maybe I'll just go to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it all comes down to prioritizing and kind of keeping in mind, um, you know, the things that are important. Like you want to get your work assignments done. You still want to be friends with your coworkers on January 1. <laughs> you want to have a happy home as well on, on January 1. So just reprioritize and Time do the best managed. you can. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of uh, timeouts I've been doing now. (laughs) (laughs) Self-inflicted timeouts? Self-inflicted timeouts. Because work obviously is a huge part of my life. It's like the majority of my life. And I have just other stuff going around on, like you said, Lynn, with family and, you know, trying to keep a happy home and just other stuff that you're managing. And it's like the other day I was talking to my husband. He he said a comment that sort of irritated me. And I don't even remember what it was. Mm. But I just looked at him and I said, you know what? I think I'm going to take a time out. <laughs> and it was like the first time I'd ever said it. And he just like looked at me and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go take a five minute time out. And I'm going to just figure this one out. <laughs> if you're looking for me, I'll be standing in that corner. <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of excuse yourself. But I think and, I, and I, we joke, obviously, but it's just about like you said, you want to be make sure that you're being um, polite to your coworkers and that you're getting your your um, tasks done. But it really does come down to time management. Yeah, right. and just understanding that everybody has things going on. So if you're yeah. feeling stressed one day, you have to understand there's a good chance that your coworkers around you and your team members and your family and the other yeah. people that you interact with on a daily basis are going through those same things at the same time. So everyone kind of just roll with that, understand that's going on. And like you said, the time management and planning and having things prepared so that that holiday season coming up can run smoothly without – too many bumps in the road, but as they come, just understand that a lot of people are going through the same things, and I think that'll help keep everyone's stress levels to a minimum and the timeouts to a minimum. Take a timeout <laughs> when you need one. I'll give I like you, I'm going to give Jacqueline a timeout next time. <laughs> yeah. we're in, they, time I think out. they were self-inflicted timeouts. Yeah. Oh, so you don't <laughs> no, no, no. I, he said, I don't even remember what it was, but it was, and I just looked at him, I'm like, I'm taking a timeout. <laughs> That's funny. Stepping out for a minute. Yeah, and, you know, back to what Trey was saying, if just to make things run smoothly. But, you know, again, if you if you make a mistake, let's recap <laughs> back to that. Right. <laughs> Own up to it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, please do. Well, that does it uh, for today. Thank you to all of our hosts for joining in on the quad. But we are out of time. Uh, listeners, if you have any suggestions on topics for discussion in the LJN Radio Quad, send a message to LJN Radio at localjobnetwork.com. For Jacqueline Peterson, Trey Cochran, and Lynn Molitor, I'm Azure Mahara. Thanks for listening. <laughs>